Hello, it is your boy with another episode of the Don't Quote Me podcast. It is November 14th. It is a big day for uh, several reasons that I will get into. Uh, It's the 39th episode. It's time to get hyped in honor of one of my shout outs. And um, since uh, time has passed, um, since the election, I feel like the dust is settling a little bit better. Seems like every day the news just gets a little, little bit better for Democrats. So uh, that's good. Um, I will get into that in a minute. And uh, also, um, uh, as I've mentioned a couple times before, I'm in San Francisco. So I'm living through all this fire shit. And while where I'm living and in the city is pretty much like untouched, the air is covering the entire Bay Area of all of these surrounding fires, namely a uh, campfire. And um, so pretty much people have been wearing masks. And I saw a report saying that the air quality in the Bay Area was worse than Beijing's air. And if you don't know about Beijing, they basically wear those like uh, masks over your face on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> so, um, that's how it's been in SF for like the past week. It w- it seemed that it was to have been dying down over the last couple of days. And then for some reason today, it just reset itself. So I'm back. I-, I had stopped wearing a mask for like two days, but after lunch today, I was like, oh no, I have to wear one. And, um, I know my mom said she got a sore throat. So I guess that's another, uh, you know, perk of having dead trees and people and buildings and all of that shit all in your air. So, uh, obviously, you know, the people who got hit by the fire are doing, um, uh, like, uh, what's the word, like infinitely worse than, you know, just having to wear a mask. But still, you know, as someone who is close, but very far away from the immediate danger, it's, it's no fun for anyone involved, anyone involved. So, uh, anyway, uh, Fallout came out today, so I don't know how long this episode is going to be. I'm going to try to do a quick hitter, but whenever I say I'm going to do a quick hitter, I always end up being five minutes too long, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, let's get to the shout outs. So first, the biggest, most important shout out of the week is a sad one, and if you're a nerd, you've already heard the news. Stan Lee passed away. At the young age of 95 years old. And he's just one of those white people. That is just like no I want him to live forever. And you know. he, he He's all, he's all good vibes you know. He's like uh, the comic book version. Of like Bob Ross or something. So uh, he, he, he's. Yeah he, that's a big loss. For the nerd community. And the world as a whole. And um, yeah, I, I assume. He's going to a better place. Because you know. It's hard, it's hard to do worse than the Trump era. So uh, I assume wherever he's at now, he, things are better. Um, and my second shout out is less sad, but really awesome, goes to Tim Geddes. And if you don't know who Tim Geddes is, um, he is a dude who used to work for IGN. And um, he uh, just got on the Forbes 30 under 30 list for uh, the game section or whatever for 2019. And uh, he's 29, so he just made the cutoff. And uh, we both live in SF, um, but um, he uh, works as a. This is his, this is his blurb from Forbes because uh, I watch him on a Kind of Funny a lot, 
And uh, that's mainly where I've gotten to know him. I didn't even know he worked at IGN until after the fact. But um, so a kind of funny is where I know him from. And he's, he's always good energy, positive dude. And uh, this is his blurb. Gettys is the co-founder of the YouTube channel and podcast network, Kinda Funny Games. His marketing campaigns have earned upwards of $100,000 a month in subscriptions, and he's secured sales deals with Amazon, PlayStation, and Square Enix. Kinda Funny also raises money for charities, notably $220,000 for children's miracle network hospitals via Extra Life. And uh, I actually was just watching their stream during my recent um, D&D uh, meetup with my friends. Like I had it on in the background, like as we were like setting up and shit. And uh, they were, uh, you know, doing like a 24 hour marathon or whatever. And then, you know, just getting uh, tips and donations and all of the shit for just doing crazy shit on screen. And like they were playing hella like games and drinking and all of that shit. It was like hella people. It was like 20 people on screen. And uh, they, uh, I, I forgot how much money they raised, but like they were doing like, for like, like for example, like a fifty dollar donation, you can make them do push ups, like stuff like that. And so uh, they were just doing all this crazy shit, raised a whole bunch of money. I think they got to like sixty thousand at some point. But um, yeah. So long story short, he's cool. And uh, my favorite is that like his girlfriend was on Twitter, like this still doesn't help me explain to my parents what you do for a living. <laughs> and I thought that was cute. But uh, anyway, my uh, next shout out goes to AOC, you probably saw this coming, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because she's not even, uh, it's not even technically her first day in office yet, and she already causing a ruckus on the right and the left, and I fucking love it. And fucking Fox News can't get her name out her mouth, can't get her name out their mouths, nine times out of ten pronouncing her name wrong, and the left is freaking out because she uh, is on the side of the protesters, in stance of making Nancy Pelosi actually work a little bit harder than she's accustomed to. And and all the Democrats on Twitter freak the fuck out, apparently. But I'll get into that later. Uh, my next shout-out is another kind of sad one, but a nice one, is for Bernie Mac. So uh, Bernie Mac passed away several years ago. I forgot what year specifically. But in Chicago, they named November 14th today Bernie Mac Day. So that's why I wanted to give him a shout out today, especially. Um, and if you don't know who Bernie Mac is, you're probably not black or you don't listen to a lot of stand up comedy or probably both. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's pretty much a legend in, uh, in the uh, black community. And also uh, my next shout out is another legend in the black community, but a little little bit different. Ice-T. And the reason I'm giving Ice-T a shout out is because apparently he's a big gamer and I did not know this at fucking all. Because I just happened to see on Twitter today, he was like, I can't believe Fallout 76 comes out today, and I'm not even done with Red Dead yet. What the fuck? And I was like, bruh, that's some real nigga shit, and I loved it. That was one of the highlights of my day, to be real honest. Other than, you know, obviously Fallout coming out. And uh, anyway, without further ado, I'm going to see if I can speed through. Let's get to the news. So, um, the elections, uh, as I mentioned in the top of the show, 
um, the, the election shakeout for the midterms is seems to be breaking for the Democrats in a nice way. At least uh, things aren't as like I was definitely down on the night after the elections, as you probably could tell from my last episode. Um, I, I'll definitely admit that I overreacted. So that's good. I mean, I'm, I'm a pessimist. And sometimes, you know, you get two sides of pessimism. Either you're right. You were right to be pessimistic or two, you just overcorrected. So this is a good problem to have. Things were not as bad as I thought they were. So that's a great thing. Uh, as of my last check, Democrats have won 34 seats in total. Uh, a couple, I think one came in today, one came in last night. Uh, so they've won 34 seats in total. And Kirsten Cinema, Kristen, Kirsten, Kirsten Cinema is going to be the new senator from Arizona taking over for Jeff Flake. And that's definitely, even though she's, I don't think she's going to, you know, change the game. Uh, that's definitely a better trade. I would definitely pick her over Jeff Flake any day of the week because Jeff Flake is essentially useless. And for some reason he decided now of all times to try to have some use, but w whatever, I'm not even going to talk about it. Cause I don't have any faith in him. If it's actually important, we'll talk about it next week. Anyway, uh, Kirsten cinema won her race in Arizona. It was very, very close, but uh, she uh, she won and Martha McSally conceded and uh, everybody in Arizona was one of the few people in the Republican Party who hasn't lost their mind, apparently, because well, not entirely, at least uh, because they weren't, you know, calling fraud and Democrats are stealing and shit like Marco Rubio lost his mind. Rick Scott lost his mind. Trump Ben lost his mind. All of this shit is just, you know. They, they are freaking out over this fucking recount in Florida. And it's like, in person, like, as I mentioned, I'm a pessimist. So I don't even think, like, this is going to change anything. I'm like 90% sure that uh, Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis are still going to win. And so the fact that they're freaking out is, like, weirdly giving me hope that they have cause to freak out. Like, I'll be, like, like, Rick Scott is definitely more in danger than Ron DeSantis is. And so I haven't heard anything from Ron DeSantis, but Rick Scott has been freaking out pretty much since this shit has started. And uh, apparently the new rule from Republicans is that, hey, if we're up and y'all still counting votes, they don't count anymore because, you know, it's basically like, hey, we're up 10 points in the fourth quarter and there's 10 minutes left. Let's just call the game. That's basically what this shit feels like. And it's just like, bruh, all the crazy shit happens in the last two minutes. What are you fucking doing? And, but, you know, Republicans, you know, they, they, they're all disingenuous. It's all just a, like, it's just a ploy. Like, like 90% of the shit they're pushing is usually just a ploy to either like make Democrats talk about it or to just change the subject. And so it's like, it's almost impossible to ever take them seriously, especially after reading, uh, Matthew Iglesias' uh, The Hat Gap article. Ever since I read that article, I was just like, I just can't take any of you seriously because you guys are like paid to be full of shit. And so uh, this is a perfect example because everyone is in unanimous agreement that when 2020 rolls around, Donald Trump is going to pull this shit again. And it's like almost written in literal stone at this point that that is going to happen. There's no reality where I see if shit doesn't get close in any way, shape, or form where he doesn't pull that shit. 
I guarantee it. And most people in the media are guaranteeing it too. So that's not a good sign. <laughs> most people don't agree on shit, but we can all agree Donald Trump is going to do some sketchy shit in 2020. So uh, I guess now we have two years to prepare. And hopefully we actually do that. And uh, so other than that, shit is pretty much progressing how I thought it would as far as the elections go. But uh, anyway, the fires, uh, as I mentioned, I'm living uh, in San Francisco. So I, you know, I'm I'm breathing in all the articles that you're reading, literally. So um, we uh, I I found an article in L.A. Times that has uh, some stats uh, so the, what is it? The Woolsey fire is 47% contained right now and has burned over 97,000 acres. And the Hill fire is, uh, 94% contained and it has burned 4,500 acres. So that's a much smaller one. And the campfire, the big one, the historic one, the most deadly one is, has burned 135,000 acres and is 35% contained, which freaks me the entire fuck out. Cause I'm like, that's the one y'all should have been containing. And obviously they're trying and you know, it's a big fire, but it's just like that. That's like the number that you want to be the highest, like the fucking like Ventura County, the Hill fire, the fucking 4,500 acre ones, like 94%. Like, all right, that's cool. I'm glad. But like, fuck man, y'all could have did that with all the other shit. And the weirdest story that I read this week about the fires is that, like, since it's in California and it's in NorCal and SoCal, it's affecting poor people and rich people. And so uh, I think I saw an article like Miley Cyrus lost her home and uh, I think like two or three other celebrities I saw. I can't remember. I just remember Miley Cyrus because she was like donating to charity and stuff. So um, uh, and uh, what the, the weird part is. That, like, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West hired private firefighters to basically protect their neighborhood. So it wasn't, like, just, like, protect their house, fuck everyone else, but, like, pretty much protect their neighborhood or, like, the immediate area around their house or whatever. And so, like, I'm not going to say that's bad because, you know, if I was balling, I can't imagine not doing that. If anything, I think it's kind of, like, irresponsible to not do that if you have the means but the fact that that's even a realistic possibility is kind of terrifying and disgusting for what's going to happen in the future. Because as much as I want climate change to end the human race, the sad part is that it's probably just going to hurt the poor. And the rich people are like, like if watching American Horror Story Apocalypse has taught me anything, is that rich people are, gonna, are built for this shit. They're built for the apocalypse. Poor people are just going to be caught up in the apocalypse. So... That kind of sucks. So uh, I basically learned that if the world ends, apparently the Kardashians are going to be fine. So whatever. Let's uh, move on. The new attorney general. uh, What is his name? Uh, Matthew Whitaker, if I remember correctly. I could be fucking up his name. But uh, this dude apparently used to run like schemes and shit to like uh trick over people who were like trying to become inventors and they would like take their like uh invention and then like when they try to like and not do shit it's like hey give me money i'll help you get paid and then it just didn't do anything and then matthew whitaker is basically the enforcer that's like hey 
hate to take you to court, you know, because we stole your money. But uh, if we have to, we will. And uh, so apparently that's going to be our new attorney general. He's replacing uh, um, Jeff Sessions. Um, so everybody is freaking out. You know, there's protests in the streets. And uh, they're, uh, they're taking the uh, Department of Justice to court to say that this is unconstitutional. Like you can't literally just pick a nigga off the street to rule the fucking uh to be attorney general like he has to be confirmed by the senate and so uh the, the department of justice is trying to argue like no no no, it's totally fine people do this all the time you know just, and then trump can't even get a story straight he says i know the guy i don't know the guy i know the guy i don't know the guy so you know this just bodes well and um it's pretty much gonna be a shit show for the next two years best case scenario so um buckle the fuck up i guess um yeah uh i have uh just been following the story uh you know off and on not too much it's just everything i like uh john oliver talked about it i know uh the majority report and uh young turks everybody that i've been following has been talking about it um and so it's just weird that you know like this it is it's weird that every fucking dude that Trump picks, he does no background research on and is constantly surprised at how bad his judgment is. Like, that's such a great person to be president. Has terrible judgment and doesn't do his homework. Awesome. Anyway, uh, Florida. Um, yeah, apparently Rick Scott and Marco Rubio are going full-throated in this whole... Yeah, uh, Democrats are trying to steal this election. They keep counting votes. You know, like, like why the fuck would we do a recount? We already won. It's like they're like, like they're saying like all this crazy shit, and people are just like, dude, do y'all fucking hear yourselves? Like, this is how I know they're full of shit. Like, they clearly just put cotton in their ears and started talking. This like, hey, you guys have to listen to me talk. I don't have to listen to me talk, and that's basically the Republican philosophy at this point. Like, they're just going to say crazy shit, and if you want to listen, cool, you know, but apparently that's Florida right now, and um, ideally, you know, both Bill Nelson and Andrew Gillum win in the recount by some miracle last minute. They won by five votes or whatever. Like, if that happens, that would be dope, but, um, you know, Republicans have trained to make sure Democrats lose. They like, they cheat and bend as many rules as they possibly can to eke out a, you know, a majority every time. And so, you know, some places are uh, more naturally fit for it than others. But uh, Florida definitely uh, was doing sketchy shit, like, but just not as bad as Georgia. So um, in Georgia, uh, I actually have not been keeping up with what's going on in Georgia as much as I have been in Florida, but that's probably because Brian Kemp is kind of like on his victory lap. Whereas like Rick Nelson is like visibly freaking the fuck out and like Trump jumping in to help is like also like a big difference. Like people just assume the, the Georgia shit is over with, but uh, ideally there's a runoff. And personally speaking, 
between all of this shit that has been caught, especially, uh, what is it? I think in Georgia where they just like didn't even pull out all these voter machines and shit. Like if this goes to a runoff and they address all that shit, I think Stacey Abrams will win easy, but Republicans, you know, they cheat. So I just don't see both of these states slipping through their fingers this time. Next time, oh, definitely. This time, they, they gotta have their one last grasp, and I think this is it. Hopefully I'm wrong. You know, I always have to say that. Hopefully I'm wrong, because I want Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum to, you know, bring those states into the future. Uh, but, you know, racism is a tough thing to defeat. I, I, I went back to listening to Carol Anderson's uh, White Rage book on audiobook, and holy shit, like, white people are devoted to hating black people in the South. Like, holy shit. Like, the history of white people hating black people is so goddamn cruel that I didn't even understand the layers of how cruel it was until I started listening to this book. But anyway, last story in politics. So, it's, like, been a running joke for, like, uh, for journalists and opinion writers and shit that, like, every time anything happens ever, Democrats are always in disarray. You know, they always write Democrats. It's terrible. They can't work together. They can't agree. You know, Republicans like every other day, there's another article about that, especially from like places like Politico and shit. And so there it's always Dems in disarray so much so that it's a joke. But after this protest at Nancy Pelosi's office, uh, yesterday, uh, I'm, I'm feeling that Dems in disarray shit and I'm not even a Democrat. And it, it, the shit is so bad that I have to keep telling myself, I'm not a Democrat. I don't have to be as invested in this as I am. I can't vote in primaries. I need to keep telling this sh- shit to myself because I switched my party for the first time in my life. This is the first time in my entire life as of what, like October, August, something like that, where I haven't been a Democrat. So this is it's weird. I got to remember that. I got to tell myself that. And all of this shit between internet Dems and the progressives are basically everybody is like, get in line, bow your head. Pelosi is going to be the next leader. Don't you dare question it. She has earned this. She's earned this. She is the best. She's awesome. And anyone who criticizes her is a, a right winger or they hate women. And that's it. That's end of conversation. And progressives are just like, what in the entire fuck are you talking about? <laughs> There's so many valid criticisms of Nancy Pelosi. And that's just ignoring the fact that, you know, she kind of let Trump get elected on her watch. It's not like other people were in Congress when Trump got elected. It's like, oh, I can't believe Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is doing all the things she said she would do. I understand that Nancy Pelosi is like not all terrible. She's obviously not as bad as not as bad as the Republicans. You know, I, I as one of the people who fucking live in her district, as one of the people who fucking voted for her, voted for her more than fucking once, I feel like I'm more than qualified more than qualified to criticize her. And so all the people on the internet who are jumping to her defense crack me the fuck up because her approval ratings are dog shit. And it feels like all of the people who support her are on Twitter. And it's kind of like the the whole like 
Bernie is like has the highest approval ratings of all the senators. Yet when you go on Twitter, everyone hates him. It's it's one of those things. And so I can't tell if they're all in a bubble or if Twitter itself is the bubble or if I should just put myself in a bubble and just follow more progressives. And so I've just went with the latter route and just started following more progressives because that just seems to be easier because me personally, I'm so over Republicans living in their own fantasy world that I feel like I can only follow like a hand a handful of Republicans who haven't completely fucking lost their mind. And most of them are ex-Republicans like fucking Joe Scarborough or like uh, Rick Wilson or some, or Colin Moriarty or whatever. Like those Republicans, while I disagree with, I can still, you know, have them on my feed and not lose my shit. But like the Charlie Kirks and shit are just so in their own crazy land. I can't follow them without losing it. And so I follow a gradient of Democrats and progressives and leftists and centrists and all of that shit. So I have a, a lot of people who are to the left of me and a lot of Democrats who are to the right of me. And I, I kind of like, you know, balance that all out to keep me you know, getting different opinions, different viewpoints, different uh, news sources and shit like that. And not just, you know, get into one idea only. And uh, I feel like more people need to do that, especially right now. Because like, all of the takes that I've seen defending Pelosi are so goddamn disingenuous. It's just infuriating. Like they're like, the fact that people are really arguing that the only thing you can criticize Nancy Pelosi on is the fact that she's a woman is so goddamn dumb. Especially considering the fact how much of a giant stan I am for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> like, like, this, like, does policy not mean anything anymore? It, this is fucking annoying as shit, but whatever. So I'm just gonna move on. That was a quick little hitter. Anyway, let's get into some TV. So I feel like I've been catching up on a lot of TV over the last couple of days. So that's cool. Um, I have caught up in Sunny. Um, the season is over with, it seems like the seasons always go by so quickly. And, um, I think I watched the last like three episodes in a row. I think I was behind a little bit. Um, so I watched, uh, the Eagles win the Super Bowl, the second half. And, uh, I like how all the superstitions played into it. And, uh, the, I, 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 cricket has been pretty much a star in the last couple of episodes. And so, uh, he was a star in the last episode and he was a star in the, uh, Super Bowl part two. So, um, and also the ending of the season was super artistic and crazy. And I was just like floored at what was going, it was amazing. Uh, and there was one part in the episode where I just lost my shit, but I can't quite remember what happened. Cause it was like a week ago. But uh, yeah, overall, I, yet another good season from Sunny. You'll never hear me complain about that show. Every once in a while, you go on the air and it's like, oh, Sunny's not good anymore. I'm like, Sunny has always been good. You're fucking wrong. <laughs> and Sunny's just one of those shows where it's like, they just, they do what they do really well. And so, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen the new season, it's funny. Anyway, South Park, uh, apparently we got another two-parter. 
Um, so part one was last week. Uh, Man Bear Pig is making a comeback. And uh, the subtext of the episode is like basically one giant apology to Al Gore. Like, hey, we made fun of you for saying global warming was real. And now, you know, the entire like West Coast is on fire. The entire East Coast is constantly getting hit by tsunamis and fucking hurricanes and twisters and blizzards and all of that shit. And so, uh, yeah, we were wrong. And um, so obviously that's not the plot of the episode. But that's the subtext. So uh, I won't ruin it. You know, part two is tonight. Um, Man Bear Pig's definitely uh, way more interesting in this episode, in this two-parter than he was in the first episode. So um, yeah, uh, uh, I, I'm I'm very curious to see what happens tonight. Even though I probably won't watch this episode until like Saturday or something. And uh, also I caught up in the Good Place. Um, this season, as I mentioned before, is kind of like touched by an angel, but, um, I'm liking it. It's still really funny. Uh, the last episode was hella funny too, but I'm blanking really bad. Okay. I, I don't know. My, my brain is, is all on fallout right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, the good place has been hella funny. And, uh, the only show that I've been watching a lot of that is really on my brain is Titans and Titans ended, uh, cause it's, it's, it's on a streaming service, but they're doing it like regular TV where they're releasing episode weekly. And so, uh, episode five was last week and I pretty much only watch episode one. And so over the weekend I watched two, three, four, and five. And I'm a fan of this show because after episode five, the way it ended, I am just like, yo, holy shit. I need to watch the next episode. And so I'm actually excited for episode six. So, um, and I think it comes out on Thursdays, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, that's tomorrow night. I want to say 9.30. I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, I, I was, uh, talking to friends about it. it it's, uh, I, I feel, I feel like their biggest issue, honestly, the biggest issue with Titans is that the rollout really backfired. Because a lot of people were just like, oh, this show looks fucking stupid. Starfire is black. This is dumb. Da, 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 da. And I'll admit, it did look kind of cheesy. Look a little corny in the trailer. Didn't look like it was going to be this good. But surprise, surprise, I'm a fan. I didn't see that fucking coming at all. I thought for sure this show would just be trash and I'd watch it anyway. But like after episode one, I was like, no, it's solid. And then like to the, not the villain, but the like, I guess like the fight mechanic or whatever. How do I even explain it? Um, not the villain, but because the villain hasn't quite been revealed. Not really. Uh, so this is a spoiler. I'm gonna give you a spoiler warning because I want to talk about this. So there is this uh, apparently drug that you give to people and it brainwashes them and it brainwashes them into being like a 1950s stereotypical family and they're all trained assassins but they act like you know this like hey chip you do your homework like you know whatever but they're assassins and it's one of my favorite fucking uh villain not they're not villains i don't want to explain it um i guess conflict one of my uh, favorite conflict devices that I've seen in a long while. It's a very interesting concept. And so uh, I've definitely been enjoying the shit 
out of uh, Titans, especially the last couple of episodes. Episode five was definitely the best one so far, no question. But episode six looks like it's going to be better. So we'll see. Uh, I'm definitely uh, after uh, I watched episode, I think I think it was four, maybe it was three. But I definitely understood why they renewed it for season two so quickly because this show is really getting good. So, um, yeah, um, there is another issue. I have an issue with Beast Boy. I don't want to spoil it, though, but um, I just feel like it didn't, they're not doing what they could do with him. And it could just be because they have a low budget. I don't know. But um, I won't say anything. Um, but anyway, other than that, this is how I watched a lot of uh, King of the Hills background noise. I was watching the pimp episode again. That was fun with the voice of Snoop Dogg. Um, and I was watching the uh, ver- the Born Again version episode. That was fun. Um, but yeah, that show, that show is such a good show. Uh, anyway, let's get, get into a little bit of news. So um, the SNL has uh been kind of weird uh over the last two weeks with uh regarding pete davidson so um it's yet another example of the hat gap it's so hard not to every time right wingers are involved they're gonna do some bullshit that's all you need to know and so pete davidson uh last two weeks ago i guess uh made a joke right before the midterms about this one Republican who has an eye patch. And he didn't even really like go hard on him. It's like, eh, he has an eye patch or whatever. And so Republicans freak the fuck out because, you know, if there's anything Trump supporters love, it's people being nice. That's the one thing they love is when, you know, Trump supporters, they just don't like when people are rude. They don't like it when you make fun of people. They don't like it when you're mean. That's one thing Trump supporters do not like. And so they freaked out when Pete Davidson fucking criticized this this uh, war vet Republican who lost an eye. And so, uh, you know, I apologize, whatever. And uh, he ended up winning his re-election. And, uh, oh, not, it was a re-election or election. I can't, I don't think he was elected before. I think it was the first time, you know, election, long story short. And so on this week's episode, last weekend, Saturday, they bring him back on. But they actually have him on and he gets to make fun of Pete Davidson. And so, uh, you know, it's like, oh, cool. You know, they're uh, getting along or whatever. You know, even I was watching it. I was like, all right, whatever. He seems chill. You know, not knowing two shits about him. Come to find out, you know, naturally, this dude apparently ran a super racist Facebook page. And uh, so, yeah, that's the dude that we're humanizing. You know, he is a war vet. So, you know, it's okay that he's a racist. You know, a racist Republican at that. You know, when you're being a racist is already bad enough. When you're a racist Republican, that's like doubling down on a double down. So, uh, yeah, uh, apparently that's the dude everybody's like fawning over now. Like, oh man, I didn't know you gotta, gotta be nice to each other whenever I'm like, God damn it. So, SNL doing the accidental propaganda, but you know, what can you do? Um, I'm still a fan of the show. Release the political skits, sketches, sketches, whatever. Um, and the next little bit of news is uh, Detective Pikachu, even though this is a movie, not TV, Detective Pikachu uh, got a new uh, trailer. And so the movie's coming out, uh, I want to say next year. And Ryan Reynolds is the voice of Pikachu. And I think it's a good fit. It works. 
But, uh, man, I feel like Danny DeVito got snubbed. And so uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go on YouTube and look up Pikachu and Dan- Detective Pikachu Danny DeVito. And it's awesome. And I, it, it's been a running joke among It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fans for a couple, well, like a year, I want to say. Maybe maybe a little longer, maybe a little less. A, give or take a year, Sunny fans have been laughing at this. And so I was really bummed that, you know, Ryan Reynolds got the role instead of Danny DeVito. But I, I'm sure he's going to do awesome at it. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is one of my favorite white dudes. So, um, you know, it's a good pick. Um, and also... I learned that apparently Ben Staples likes Pokemon. So that was cool. But, uh, you know, that's off topic. And uh, last little bit of news. Apparently, uh, Sean Bean, uh, he uh, played uh, Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. Uh, He made a prediction about the end of Game of Thrones. Because the series is ending in May next year, I believe. Uh, I was going to do that story and then I completely forgot until right this second. I think uh, it's coming out May next year, but I'm not quite sure. But anyway, uh, Ned Stark, Sean Bean, he made a prediction that Arya is going to be the last survive in Game of Thrones. And so the reason I'm doing the story is because is he in the know? Is he just fucking with us? Like, does he know for a fact she's going to be the last one? Or is he legitimately guessing? Because Arya has been my favorite character since the jump. And if she's going to be the last one to live, that will make my fucking heart sing. So, um, you know, obviously we will see. You know, All the Game of Thrones fans are, you know, waiting uh, for the season, uh, for the show to close out. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But uh, on that note, let's keep it on moving. We're, we're trucking right along. Let me get to Fallout and talk about video games. <laughs> finished with Red Dead Redemption 2 and I will not spoil the game a lot of people are still playing it but I will say a couple of things about the ending without talking about the ending but dance around it so the game itself ends around I want to say maybe the 74 75 76 Maybe the 74, 77 percentage range of the story completion. And for the rest, basically the last fourth of the game is epilogue. And I was disappointed by this choice. I feel like epilogues should never, ever, ever, ever be that fucking long. That's just me personally. You know, everybody's going to disagree on that or whatever. But I just thought the epilogue was absurdly long. And I would have much, much, much rather preferred a longer main story, even though the main story is plenty long. And I definitely, maybe there's arguments to be made it was too long. I would say the main story should have been longer and the epilogue should have been shorter. That was my personal thing. And I, I finished the game and I could be wrong. I haven't double checked. I haven't done the research, but I'm not sure if there's a way to, I guess, revert back to pre-epilogue once you finish the epilogue and I'm not I I'm genuinely don't know so I have to look that up 
but uh that was also frustrating that i couldn't go back like after i was done with everything i couldn't go back to before the epilogue so um yeah and uh i still got a couple of questions about the ending as well didn't quite answer everything and i legitimately forgot how red dead one started so I, i i couldn't even tell you if it came back around full circle so um i think the last time i played that game i was what in high school what like freshman something i don't know so it's been hella long and uh but other than that it, it's a cool game I, I mentioned my gripes on previous episodes i definitely wouldn't give it game of the year personally um everybody seems to be agreeing it's between red dead or god of war personally nothing has topped monster hunter so far um it, even i played fallout beta and even that i don't think it's top monster hunter so but you know people are going to disagree on that definitely but as far as i'm concerned the year started off right because monster hunter world is the best game of the year uh but you know the the more common agreement most people seem to be saying it's god of war but regardless i don't think it's red dead anyway since i finished red dead i played uh one mac i played like one little bit one game of uh 2k and I just happened to uh, play, I haven't played 2K in like over a month. I got 32 points and a, du- and a triple double. I think like two steals and two blocks. I was feeling myself. And then I also played one game of League of Legends. Because uh, I was talking about Titans. And I was saying how Raven is basically a glass cannon. And then when I thought about glass cannons in League, I was like, fuck, I kind of want to play now. So uh, I played like one round on bots. I uh, played as uh, Caitlyn. That's what I did. And uh, there's every time I play League now, since I don't play often like I used to, every time I go on, everything looks completely different. There's like five new characters and a new meta and all of the new items and shit. And I'm just like, what's going on? So uh, I scared myself off. I was considering what if I got back into league right now, but I was like, all that shit, I'm like, nah, I'm not trying to learn all this shit, especially considering I just got Fallout and Pokemon comes out on Friday. So, uh, yeah, I'm not really thinking about league anymore, but you know, maybe I'll crawl, I'll come back to it during a slow season of games or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, Fallout 76 came out today. I'm going to play as soon as I'm finished with this, like as soon as I'm finished, and um then uh i've been uh seeing people like kind of rag on it kind of hard honestly and i didn't expect uh it to get like as high reviews as the previous ones but since i'm such a giant fallout fan i knew that one i was gonna like it most likely and two i was gonna put in dozens of hours so um i don't give a fuck if this game gets a two out of ten at this point because i already got it and i know as soon as all the server shit is worked out i am gonna put at least 20 30 hours into this game if not longer and even though my beta progress carries over to the main game if i can't remake my character's face i'm probably just going to start over from scratch so um we'll, we'll see once i boot it up um but anyway uh pokemon comes out friday i'm really excited about that too just because all the reviews for pokemon have been uh, a lot more positive than i expected I was thinking people are going to, honestly, I was expecting the reaction to Fallout 76 to be how it was for uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. 
just because I thought all the like the hardcore was gonna be like, oh, this game sucks. You can't you know catch wild Pokemon, whatever. But so far, all the uh, reviews are basically saying that like you don't even really miss it. And not only do you not really miss it, but there's no lack of fighting, which was my biggest worry. But at the same time, someone said she beat the main story without like a single failure, which I, I think I, it was the same case for me last game around too, but um, we'll see. And there's a, co- a co-op mode, which is going to be interesting. Uh, I might play that with my girlfriend if she if she is interested watching me play and wants to get in on the action. Uh, we'll see. But um, yeah, so between Fallout and uh, Pokemon, the next, uh, the rest of the month is pretty much spoken for for me. So uh, I- I'm very much looking forward to it. And um, anyway, let's get into a little bit of news. So on the topic of Fallout, apparently, you know, the games industry just completely just doesn't like updating their games before release anymore. Because there is a 54 gig patch for Fallout the day the game comes out. So uh, I'm smart. I installed it as soon as I got home. So I don't got to worry about that. All my shit's ready to go. I just got to hope for good server luck and press play as soon as I finish with this. And so uh, Fallout 76, giant fucking patch. Hopefully it was worth it. Um, I'll definitely give you my, uh, my notes next episode. Um, can't really compare it to the beta. Uh, but you know, if I have hella server issues, I'm going to let y'all know, but I've just been seeing, uh, um, the Jim Quisition, Jim Sterling, he was saying on Twitter, he was having issues with it. So, um, hopefully it was just him. Uh, anyway, next little bit of news. I talked about this last week as well. PUBG is coming to PS4 December 7th. And I just assumed it was going to be like Fortnite and I could play this for free. Oh, no, no, no. Apparently, the disc version is 30 bucks, and that's like the base game. And they got a, a digital version, 30 bucks, survival's version, uh, uh, 60 bucks, champion's di- edition is 90 bucks, and they got like pre order bonuses and shit. So I'm like, y'all already lost me. I was just going to play this on a whim because it was free, but. If I got to actually pay money, there's no chance in hell I'm playing this game. But if you were interested and you like Fortnite, PUBG is coming around. And last bit of news uh, for all the people who still use Wii. And the only reason I mentioned this is because I actually know some of these people. uh, All the streaming services are shutting down January of next year. So if you're still watching Hulu on your Wii or you're still watching Netflix on your Wii, you better uh, binge watch it while you can because... By February next year, that shit's going to be done, son. So, might be time to upgrade. I would say upgrade the Switch, but they only have Hulu. They don't have Netflix yet. Apparently, they got the YouTube app. I haven't even turned on my Switch in a couple of months because of uh, pretty much all the other shit going on. Red Dead, Assassin's Creed. Uh, I forgot what I was playing before that. But uh, g- gaming has been going. So, um... You know, but I'm going to have Pokemon. So my Switch is definitely going to be turned on and probably going to be on until Smash Bros. comes out. And then I get, you know, move on from Smash Bros. But uh, yeah, so November and December and January for my Switch, you know, that's going to be the revival. But anyway, I have talked enough. I am just under the 48 minute mark at this point, And I am ready for some fucking Fallout. 
and I hope y'all forgive me for, you know, uh, you know, giving y'all a little bit of a quickie, but you know, you know how it is. I'm a big ass nerd. So I gotta go. Adios. Good night. Good day. Good luck. You know, don't die. Uh, appreciate clean air while we still got it. Cause uh, if the rich have anything to say, that will be very temporary. So, um, yeah. Adios. <laughs>